Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Focus Fire episode number 18. I'm Alan. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Jeff Dirty Pool. What's up, guys? Now, Focus Fire is once again a semi-regular competitive 40k podcast aimed at providing you with focused and practical advice that you can actually use to improve your game. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast is brought to you through the TFG Radio Network, a fine family of podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at, us at focusedfirepodcast at gmail.com. If you have anything negative to say, you can email us at karen at tfgradio.com. All right. Tonight we're going to be going over LVO. So, number one, we're going to talk about our, some of our thoughts about the event, and then I'm going to go through my games quickly, and then the reason you're all here, you're going to listen to Jeff stomping his way to greatness. <laughs> yes, lots of stomping. <laughs> So let's talk about LVO. Let's talk about BCP. Ah, uh, motherfucking BCP. <laughs> you know, now on the way up, you, you said, you know, I wonder how BCP is going to break down. I did every fucking year. <laughs> this year, they outdid themselves. They really did. <laughs> every year it breaks down, and apparently, Reese, this guy, especially when they went up to like 800 or 900 pe 800 people or whatever, it's like, you think they kind of have some sort of contingency plan? Like, what happens if BCP breaks down? What happens is, pa is panic. <laughs> it. Yeah, it literally was like, it was fucking, a, it, not to talk shit, because Reese and Frankie do a great job, and they I love everything they do, but the fact that they didn't have a fucking backup plan, is it was unacceptable. It's fucking stupid. It's like, it's not it's not a, you know, even a 200-person event, it's, if you're manually pairing everything and trying to get it all done yourself... It's going to take an hour between rounds. If you have 800 people, it's almost not doable. You know, like, it's... It, it, the fact, they should have had, like, a an offline mode that recorded everything and downloaded and saved to the cloud and then, like, you know, had some sort of spreadsheet just in case or what, something. They needed something that could have, you know, picked up the slack if and when BCP fucked up. Yeah, that's... Everybody's first reaction is kind of, like, apologize for Reese and, you know... This, the LVO has got to the point where now it's big business. The 800 people there who paid for their admission, they they, they contributed over $100,000 to LVO. Now, if you think about that, $100,000, this is not a small RTT anymore. And when you have 800 people, you kind of should expect more professionalism and a better job being done. So my my well, if you, I had a few gripes with it, and you know they should have, and they learn every every uh, every every convention they run. But the problem is there's just so many ways of things screwing up, and maybe the and after we've seen BCP break down so many times, maybe they should have an Excel sheet of everybody's names and information, and kind of have redundancy and a backup system in case BCP or whatever system they use next year. Uh, is, is it goes down. Yeah, it just needs to be something. I mean, like, there needs to be a way of distributing it quickly. They did it. Once they got the pairings up for round three, they put it on the FLG website, first of all, which, you know, <laughs> John, thanks, John. Salty John did that, which was, like, fucking dumb. But then, they, then they decided, let's put it on Google. Yeah, we do. <laughs> as soon as I said, or I heard them say, yeah. we're going to put it on uh, Front Lake Abbey, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I looked at you. I Denial of service that, so. attack. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's not a very uh, high-traffic website. So, you know, we, yeah. To me, BCP is always fucked up every year. 
And I don't understand how they don't know about the, they, they don't, they need to have some sort of stress testing. Like if it, if BCP is there next year, I will be, I will, actually, I won't be surprised because they're good friends with Reese. So, and unless there's another, um, product on the market that can fill the space that BCP has taken, then BCP will probably be there. But I do think that they'll have a backup plan. If they don't, then they're fucking dumb. So, but hopefully they do have that backup plan for next year. Yeah, and so as as you know, between round or between rounds uh, one and two, they were very late getting it, all the results out, and you know there's some mispairings and all these other things like, you know, like some good players got to stomp some noobs. And uh, it's just the, just the time. We're just sitting around there. But it was our lunch break, so it's like, oh, it's okay. And, you know, it's, it's, it automatically started pushing our timetable way back. So what I hated was between round two and three, they knew they had to do everything by hand, and it was going to take forever. And we waited probably about three hours. I think the thing got, like yeah. got started about 8.30. And we were just basically held captive. It's like, you know, this is, I don't, I hate to, to be some person, you know, there's some people, you know, who had show tickets, people who had dinner reservations, sometimes people pay it ahead of time for other things. And they're, they're kind of, and so when the, when the, the convention or the uh, games run late, then it kind of screws everything else up. Not only that, but they just kind of kept us there. I, yeah. th- I can understand the reason why they wanted to keep us there. It's probably because they had several uh, results that were not entered in. So just in case, you know, they missed somebody, they wanted us sitting around to call us up because they called up, you know, a bunch of people, you know, for for the results. And and so we were just sitting around captive when they should have had us, they should have made the call, like, this is going to take forever, take a two-hour break, go to dinner, come back. And Yeah, that would have been the ideal thing because then people would have, had time to get dinner, and then they would have been not hangry when the <laughs> fucking round started, you know, and, like, they would have left the, you know, you get some space. It's like when you when you have a fight with your girlfriend, you know, you're like, just get some space, baby. Just give me some space, you know. So, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of, uh, kind of sucky. So, yeah, they, that's another uh, option, something they should implement was when you buy your ticket, and when you have your ticket and basically on part of BCP or wherever they keep it, they should also have everybody's phone number. So in case they do have to cut everybody loose and they need like a score or they need to find somebody, they, they can, can just, just text you. them. Yeah, yeah, call you or text you. Yeah. And it's like, hey, what was your score? Come back down, you know, instead of just having people just wandering off and mm-hmm. not being able to contact yeah, them. Yeah, that would have been smart. So other than BCP fucking up, how did you like the event, Alan? Here's some other things that I. Uh, <laughs> here's my. They come here. Old man I, I keep it real. <laughs> I keep it a hundred. <laughs> you know, everybody goes, oh, they did a great job. Everybody's like, you know, blow smoke up your ass about a great job. So, so day one, I see registration goes from nine to nine forty-five, and then at nine forty-five they do pairings, and then at uh, ten o'clock dice roll. Now, if anybody knows me, I'm not what you call an early, <laughs> an early riser and a punctual. Uh, punctual. I'm I'm not late, but I'm not on. I'm not going to be early. That's for sure. <laughs> so when, when at 9:45, I stroll into the hall because you know I registered. I got all my stuff the night before, and you know you register on BCP to say that you're there. 
So I roll in the hall, 9.45, you know. It's like, not early, but not late. <laughs> and I, over the loudspeaker, they're, they're shouting to everybody, if your opponent is not there, come to the front for repairing. I'm like, it's 9.45. And people are, like, playing all, all across the hall. Everybody's rolling dice and, like, playing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. That's not what the schedule said. So, of course, when I go to my table, my opponent is not there. And so I quickly look at his army to see if I want to play him or not. And it was an army I wanted to play, so now i got to dig this guy out of somewhere. <laughs> so i got to go to the front desk, this huge long line of people looking for repair, and i got to start screaming this guy's name to look for him because I wanted to play him. Luckily, it wasn't like an uh, imperial, like an iron, uh, iron hands list or something like that. So it's like, where are you? I need my easy first-round win. Yeah. So I finally found him, luckily, and we were able to go back to the table. But you need that they, they should really pay attention to that timetable. When it said dice roll at 10, you know, there's people not showing up till 9, 9.45 or 10 or something like that. they got to be cautious. Though. They can't have, you know, and 9.45 is not when you start doing your repairings. Yeah. So what else you got to bitch about, old man? Ah, oh, the food. Oh, God. <laughs> the you cost. Can't, you can't bitch at the food. It's Vegas. <laughs> I know. Well, what's funny was, uh, you know, the Super Bowl was last weekend, and they were complaining about all the vendor costs and how they were, how the uh, vendors were gouging these people. Now, these people pay, like, you know, you know, like for how much, $4,000 or whatever, thousands of dollars for a Super Bowl ticket. And they're complaining about being gouged by the vendor prices. And these vendor prices are the same thing as a hotel at the Vegas would charge you. Know? So I'm like, going, man, we should be complaining about it, but yet we don't. But that's Vegas, and, you know, I understand that it's, it's, they're kind of, they, they try to get you by the short hairs as far as that goes and that. But, I don't know, what else, what other complaints that I have? But what I want is just a little bit more professionalism. And they should put a little bit more effort into running the whole thing. Now, I like Reese. He's, me, we go back, you know, many, many, many years. But, you know, if you think about it, we pay, we pay our hotel room together was $800. So that's $400 each. Plus the cost of the ticket is $830. And then people are flying in from all over the place. So... You know, out of pocket just to get there. People are paying, you know, like six, seven hundred dollars just base, just you know, for 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 getting there, and that's eat seven hundred bucks each. And you know, they should try to. I know everybody's used to RTTs, and everybody wants it to be a success, and everybody, you know, and Reese and Frankie, you know, they do a good job, but they they really need. It's so big money, and they should put a little bit more work into it, and have contingency plans, and do a lot more to uh, to uh, to satisfy their customers, especially when people are, you know, it, it rakes in. That's just for the championship, like $100,000, and people, each person for the hotel room and everything else is out of pocket, 700 bucks. Yeah, and, you know, to just, I think what they need next year is, is a TO. You know, they didn't have a TO. That was my biggest thing, is there wasn't a TO. There wasn't someone who was in charge when BCP went down. No one was in charge. All the judges were there. And essentially just fell to the judges, like, because BCP yeah, went down, I, I and think, the judges were like, well, fuck, we, I guess it's our job now to uh, make the tournament go, and Frank and Reese, uh, Frankie and Reese were sitting on the DW stream, so they were kind of had their hands tied. Yeah, I think that was kind of a big mistake, too. Yeah, they need, them, they just uh, need a, they need a TO, like, they just need a TO who's not a judge, and who just could get on the mic and go, okay, everyone, this is what's going on, I'm going to make some executive decisions here, because the judges, you know, they, they, 
they, they didn't they want to really... make any decisions because it's not their tournament. They're just right. there to to call balls and strikes. You know, they're not there to 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 be the to. You know, so I think that's I think that if they learned anything from this year, it's that you need a dedicated uh, person who's in charge of the of running the tournament, not calling, making judge rulings. You know, yeah, of. I think that that is a problem because you need. Nothing ever gets done by committee. You need to have like a dictator sometimes to get things done. So yeah, especially in the, if you have a, a fuck up like BCP. So they did. They did a few good things. I liked, for example, we saw uh, a few month, few weeks ago. Basically, they they changed the terrain and how they did the terrain in the top one hundred tables. And I really like that because basically they they have the terrain move based on the deployment zone because I was in the SoCal I played in the uh, SoCal Open and the table looked fine when you go up to it but then I ended up with a hammer and anvil deployment and I ended up with no terrain anywhere in my deployment zone and they kind of solved that problem with the uh, being able to move the train per the deployment zone which is really that's another thing I, I think too is because they should take the randomness out of probably the deployment zone too. It's like everybody rolls randomly, you know. It's like so you can play like hammer and anvil for just coincidentally. It's all six games or like like Vanguard Strike all six games or like Dawn of War and those might be good or bad, you know, deployment zones. They probably instead of just having it signed randomly, I've been saying this for a long time, is probably just have play each deployment type each round. What do you think of that? Do you like uh, rolling? I do like the randomness because I don't I don't like anything that's predetermined. Um, even I don't like preset terrain, you know, like where all the tables in the whole tournament are the same. There's been a lot of talk with some of the other uh, podcasts about doing a uh, strike, a, like a deployment zone strike. And it would be interesting if, let's say, you kind of combine those two ideas where you're, okay, here's... Here's the three potential deployment zones that you could get for this um, this mission, mission one. And each player gets to secretly write down one that they strike. And then you reveal your strikes at the same time. If you guys both struck a different one, then you play the one that's left over. If you struck, if you, each of you struck the same one, then there's only, then there's two left over. You roll and you pick one of those. So you do have some agency over deployment zone, but it's not predetermined. Like I don't want to know Okay, on on mission one, I'm playing uh, Vanguard Strike. I don't want to know that because it allows people to gain the system. I mean, you look at these Iron Hand, uh, Iron, Imperial Fist lists that the artillery fit uh, they came up. The, I was listening to uh, Manny Chima on Stat Center, and he said the reason he switched over to that list was because he looked at the deployment uh, maps that FLG put out and goes, "Oh, I can hide all three of my Scorpiuses and all my Thunderfires behind this little, you know, eight-inch hill." So I'm going to do that. Seems good, you know. And so he did it, you know. And um, to me, that's I don't I don't particularly care for that kind of um, uh, that thing. I, I do like I did like the top 100 tables. Um, I, I liked it in theory, but I, I also I'm not a huge fan of preset terrain, even if it's moves with the deployment zone. I like that aspect of it, but I I didn't like. The like, oh, this is the ter- ter- terrain I'm playing on for the rest of the tournament. You know, it was kind of a, it's kind of boring. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. You know? Yeah, because there were no 
boxes and there's we we both thought flyers would do really well in that because there were no magic boxes and magic boxes kind of slowed down flyers a little bit yeah i don't know i mean just to me the preset terrain wasn't my my favorite part of leo um uh yeah so we saw saw the top eight what did you think about the diversity of lists in the top eight? Um, what was it? It was, what, five Space Marines? Six Space one, Marines, wasn't it? One Imperium. Oh, one, Justin Lewis oh, was Justin Lewis, yeah, Imperium. And then an Orc and an Eldar. Yeah. Well, I didn't think Orcs would get in the top eight. That's for fucking sure. Well, we <laughs> have to make the Eldar and the Orcs play each other. We need to get a few Xenos out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, or maybe guarantee that, that Xenos would go into the second round. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you might be Xenosless. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the 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 uh, unsurprisingly, Space Marine lists did really well, and the players who were piloting, you know, the top players who pilot Space Marines did really well and got into the top top eight. I mean, the top eight had a lot of return. You know, uh, Justin Lois made it last year with a Admech list, uh, Imperial list with a Castlin, and Sean Naden, of course, makes it every year. So those are not surprises. Yeah, I really, Sean, Sean Naden played a list I did not like a few months ago. I forgot which tournament it was that. It might have been the Pro Tabletop or somewhere. But I looked at his list and I was thinking about doing something very similar because I, I do like the Elder Jet Bike list and I've been playing a lot of the um, the Haywire Jet Bikes, the, uh, the Sky Weavers. And I've been playing a lot of Shining Spears, and he basically, the mobility it gives you, they hit hard, they shoot well, it does everything well, and he, he, he played it really well. As you should know. But we'll talk about that, <laughs> more of that coming. Prelude. He beat me. And then what do you, what do you, think, about, uh, what do you think about Forge World? That's, oh, that, man, that's so you know, been, uh, raising a stink. Uh, we'll kind of make this a, a brief uh, end to our bitching session. Um, but to me, I played... I think I want to say three three space marine players with the with the dread dreadnought the uh, leviathan dreadnought, and one of them who did not have it, um, and I never even shot I shot I think I shot at it once, just to make him spend his CP. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> pew, and then he he like you know he did cogitate martyrdom and and the other thing, and I was like okay cool. So he spent like three CP. All right, cool. I'm gonna go on and shoot the things I want to shoot now, um, but it, 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 this thing is insane. It's like. It's 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 essentially unkillable, and the one big thing that Eighth Edition has done is remove unkillable things from the game. And Seventh Edition was full of unkillable Death Stars. Yep. Two up invulnerable saves with rerolls, yada yada yada. And Eighth Edition has, for the most part, done away with that shit. And this, you know, this is okay. You have to roll the hit. You got to roll the wound. You have to, uh, they have to fail an armor save, and then he gets a feel no pain. But then they, so, you know, that's that's like the most layers of defense things get. Even Tau drones, you roll the hit, you roll the wound, then they pass off to the, the drone, and then they, the drone gets a feel no pain. So it's only three layers. But this thing has four layers, and then if you do wound it, it gets to pass it off for a fifth layer to a nearby infantry model who then gets uh, their own um, field name, but that's ignoring also that they have Ironstone to reduce your damage by one, and then they can re have your damage before that. So they have like eight essentially steps that you have to get through to do a one point of damage, which is insane. So like, to me, e even if they get rid of Cogitated Martyrdom, like, it's just, okay, that gets out of one out of this, the eight steps. You shouldn't have eight, to walk through eight, or jump through eight hurdles to do, dam to do a single point of damage to a vehicle. 
It's just, it's really, really bad for the game. And it just, it, it makes people feel bad. Like, there's nothing that's good about a Leviathan Dreadnought for the opposing player. Like, any other army, you can, like, okay, like, oh, you know, you could play around it. Even the Leviathan Dreadnought, you can't just, like, tap it with the guy in melee. Because, you know what, it gets student of history, and it gets to consolidate six inches in any direction. So unless you tri-point it, it just consolidates out of combat. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's an <laughs> insanely good model, and... Like they need it needs a serious nerf, and it's not just the the Leviathan. It you could replace the Leviathan with the Redemptor Dreadnought, uh, and it would be slightly less durable because it'd be T seven. It wouldn't have an invulnerable save, etc. But it wouldn't it wouldn't really deal with the problem. The problem is is that it, there's eight layers of of defense that you have to get through, and so to me that's like a big and his shooting big, is incredible because. You know, nobody's really played them in the past because they've never been really all that durable. Well, they, they're durable. They still have like a, I think they're tough to save with a four up save, four vulnerable save, yes. 14 wounds. So I've seen them around and they're certainly durable, but they're not like incredibly durable as they are now. And the, the and just the amount of firepower they can put out with the uh, with all the buffs from... Uh, yeah, you can give them plus one to hit. They can get plus one to wound the closest target. They have twenty odd shots that are in really good two damage shots, and it, it can you can't even touch it in combat because it just consolidates out of combat. So the the traditional weakness of the Leviathan is gone because you can't touch it in combat. So it's like you know it, it, it's an absurd piece, and I think everyone understands that. I doubt it will get nerfed, uh, which is unfortunate. So. Yeah, the problem is we are looking at chapter. Oh, well, chapter proof is already out, so the, the we're March, probably April looking at the the uh, post Adepticon, the March. Uh, March or April FAQ. Or FAQ is. is probably the the most we can hope for a little bit of balancing. So for the next few months, so you're gonna yeah, just expect to get fisted by iron, <laughs> iron hands, dreadnoughts. All right, well, let's stop bitching about our shit. Let's talk about some games that we played, hopefully pass on some some uh, some advice to our listeners, or just entertain them with stories of Alan being... Tales of woe. Tales of woe. <laughs> Tell us all about it, Alan. Okay, I'm just going to quickly through, go through my games, because we're all here to listen to Jeff. This, oh, is all Jeff. this is Jeff's world, and we're just living in it. Get off it, bitch. So, uh, game one, the, the guy who uh, didn't wasn't there, and I had to hunt down, was... A white scars player of all things, but his his list was just kind of, you know, he was, he was basically a little bit. He had a little bit of everything, nothing really scary. So I'm like, going, okay, let's, let's game on. <laughs> so uh, Stephen Wilhite from Canada, and he played a played a good game, and uh, basically, you know, his list wasn't up to snuff. Now let me talk about my list too. I forgot to go with that. Well, we went over in our last episode. No, because I changed it. No. I, I, the, the, the lists were due in like a couple days, and I... Uh, All right, go ahead. Basically, I, I took Magnus. I, I've had this concept of having like all these pink horrors just be a kill denial list and just have a bunch of smite spam. And I haven't really tried it out in, in, um, in play, and that was a huge mistake. I should have... <laughs> I should have changed it. I shouldn't have changed my list. I should have kept what I was playing at a dice hammer because that was a relatively good list and I know how to use it and it was kind of relatively balanced. But um, the problems I had was it has it had no mobility. I couldn't really move. Magnus was the only thing that could really move kind of fast, and that was it. And uh, and 
it was just it was such short range too. Everybody could just sit back and outrange it, and the army was just uh, was a hot mess. And you know, I I, I kind of knew I was going to go three and three, four and two, and uh, that's what I ended up doing. Because you know, don't change your list at the last minute. <laughs> and, Something so what, that we've literally talked about on this show. And what happened was also I submitted my list just right at midnight, and then about. Four hours later, like uh, just a little while later, I realized oh, I'll take a yellow card. Let me let me go back to my dice hammer list. But at that time, all the lists were locked. I'm like, no. So, <laughs> so round two, I played Adeptus Mechanicus. He had the, like these these what are the hover boats called? Oh, the disintegrators. Yeah, I don't know the uh, yeah whatever those are. He had a bunch of he had a just a bunch of all kinds of stuff, and I was able to beat him. Uh, pretty easily. He actually was a close game, and I think I came back the last couple turns to uh, to finally pull that one out. Now, game three, that's the game, is Iron Hands. It's played uh, Don Monsal from Florida, one of the Broheimer boys. And he basically had the list <laughs> of uh, that basically everybody else had. The problem was he had one less chaplain dread. He only had two chaplain dreads. And uh, he didn't have the Eliminators, but what he did have was a five-unit squad of uh, Assault Centurions, which I was not too looking forward to. And so we had Vanguard Strike, so it was table quarters, and, you know, we're, we're basically pretty far away from each other because we were playing on one of the top 100 tables. We're just basically trading a few shots. I actually kind of outranged him in a way because I moved... Because he wasn't able to kill, because I just basically hid behind this big line of sight blocking terrain, my whole army. And I moved Magnus forward, smote down like a scout squad, and then hopped back. And, you know, I was kind of kind of winning. Now, my mistakes here in this table is not keeping track of the score. I, was, I thought I was like a lot farther behind than I was because he was doing a lot better. <sighs> on the second story, I placed Araman. And now the pink horrors underneath, directly on the first floor, were, were, far, were closer. So I thought Armin couldn't be targeted. So I could move him up to the second floor and just, you know, do a few, uh, do a few smites if, if I needed just to get that kill. And I, I didn't realize, because not many, many people play Space Marines and I don't have that much ex experience with them. I forgot that I didn't realize they had a sniper ability. They can turn, what are they, incessors with their 36-inch bolt rifles oh, yeah, or whatever? Oh, yeah, uh, so they can snipe, huh? Yeah. So down goes Araman, and that really hurt. That's why I really should have made Araman my warlord and given the three-up and vulnerable save. But Araman goes down, and he's got all his spells with him that I need for buffing Magnus. And so now i got to spend one turn. i got to spend uh, to switch out a... Uh, switch out a spell to warp time just so I can move Magnus up, cast spells, and run back again. And I think I'm, I think I'm probably a lot farther behind than I really was. And so at a certain point, in turn two or three, I got really aggressive. I put my pink horse down pretty close, and, and he countered my pink horse down and shooting with his, uh, his assault centurion's move forward. He shot up my pinks, blew through all my 200 uh, reserve points, keeping them alive. And then I throw Magnus at his assault centurions, hack him down, and he basically, you know, he shoots down Magnus, and that was that was pretty much the game at that point. So, so you overcommitted when you didn't need to. Either. Yes, I. What I found out was, 
I could have stayed behind this big, the way it was, it was four objectives in a diamond sh pattern. And the way the uh, the train was set, the, the or two big pieces of train were right so that we could almost uh, touch both of the, uh, touch both of the objectives. So I could have had my pink horror unit and with 200 points of summoning and at far range too, so he can't do that much damage to me. I could have just, put my pink horrors on the two objectives and he would have held two, I would have held two, and I could have just hit everything out of line of sight and just done the, the Magnus cha-cha-cha, move up, psychic powers, try to kill one unit and move back. And I could have won that way because we both hold the same amount and then we're both uh, fighting for the secondaries. But instead, I didn't realize that. I needed to play the perfect game against that list, and I kind of overcommitted, and I kind of got too aggressive, and I didn't really need to be aggressive. I should have just sat back and just let the uh, cards fall where they were. Hmm. So. Okay. Game four, I played against Zinch. Now, I know what you're thinking. Zinch on Zinch. <laughs> now, he didn't have Magnus, but he had a lot of Thousand Sons. He had a lot of Demon Princes. He had an Alpha Legion with the Obliterators, which is a familiar theme either. We saw a lot of chaos with either um, the Oblitz or a Possessed Bomb. And this came down to just me having craptacular luck. <laughs> so we were both kind of just, you know, feeling each other out. We both have like this this cone of smite <laughs> spam. So we're just kind of, you know, just kind of going back and forth. So turn two, I move. Zinch was bit me in my ass. I moved Magnus up, cast a bunch of spells, and then I cast Warp Time to move Magnus back. And it's really, really hard for for that me to blow that spell. But I rolled the worst roll I could possibly roll for that two twos. Because <laughs> oh, no. once Magnus gets to re-roll, so a one and a three isn't that bad, and a five the power goes off. So, like, a 1 and a 3, you get a free reroll, and anything but another 1, it goes off. And a 2 and two, two twos is horrible. So I was like, okay. So I couldn't get Gaze of Fate off. So I got, so I, I re-rolled the, um, I re-rolled one of the 2s with a command point re-roll, and I rolled a 1. So, hmm. so here Magnus is way up in front. And so, add to that, I wasn't able to get, I was able to get, I think, plus one vulnerable save, uh, the plus one vulnerable save, but not the minus one to be hit. And so he's kind of out on the front, so he moves all his guys so that Magnus is the only one in range, and all my other casters were out of 24 inches, and he just hammered me with all these smites and stuff like that. So I can block three, and I did really well blocking those three, but... He just rolled incredibly lucky. Now, if anybody knows Zinch Firestorm, which I used the whole tournament, I, I think two wounds were the most I ever got. He hit me with a Zinch Firestorm and did six wounds to me. <laughs> rolled six sixes on six nine sixes dice. on nine dice, <laughs> and that. So uh, there is, and then he hit me on the. I want to say Infernal Infernal. Uh, it, it's the. Uh, it's the Chaos Space Marine power where you hit Infernal it. Infernal Gaze. Infernal Gaze, and you, you roll 3d6, and on a 4+, plus, you take a mortal wound. He hit me with it, rolled four 4-pluses, four and hit me with three wounds there. And he just he just hammered me with the psychic powers, and he just got... Ex I got really lucky by being stuck there with warp time, and he just hammered me with... Uh, he just hammered me. He just got really lucky with all his psychic powers, and uh, that was pretty much... Magnus went down, and then... 
you know, pretty much at that point, it was game. So, it's yeah. like, uh, so who'd you play after that? Game five, Custodes. Jimmy Perozo. Uh, custodes are the perfect matchup for me because I don't care what your vulnerable save is. I don't care what your armor save is. I like you with the short range weapons, and you just you're just gonna get smited off the table. And sure enough, Magnus and the boys just just. <laughs> no, I felt I kind of felt sorry for him. He, he conceded I think after round two when all scrap was. He, he deep strike his jet bikes down, and you know Magnus, he'll just take off your invulnerable save and just go through you like uh, like <laughs> side through wheat. So. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty much over, so I, I kind of felt sorry for them. That was just like one of those matchup games. And then the third game was Chaos Space Marines. Now, he he didn't have a possessed star. He had, of course, uh, Alpha Legion with the uh, deal blitz. Uh, Chris Hayne from, oh, from Canada. From uh, Can Emery. He's like he's not he the 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 team Canada yeah. coach for the ETC team. Is he? Yeah. Oh, Chris Haynes, I think so. I wish I would have done that. I would have played seriously. Oh, sure. <laughs> but I didn't really care that much because none of my point, games. You're what, like three and two. Yeah, at this point, yeah. So three and three or four and two didn't really care because I don't care if I go three hundred if I finish three hundred place or five hundred place. Didn't matter <laughs> because you know you're just you're just you know you're just pulling seeing the brass on the Titanic at that point. But, uh, you know, and I never played with the clock in any of my games, and he started sweating me a little bit because, you know, my army does play really fast. I got a really quick movement phase because I don't really move that much. <laughs> you know, and I have a really quick shooting phase because I use the dice app when I do get a few shots off. And, I, you know, my psychic phase, and then, you know, but he's kind of sweating me a little bit about, about you know, the, um, you know, because I have to split all these horrors, and that does take a little bit of time. But, you know, so he was kind of concerned about timing. But I was like, don't worry. It'll be fine. And sure enough, it was. And so he ended up playing. He had he had a Blitz with the Alpha Legion. And he had uh, he had a bunch of Noise Marines. And he had, they had the magic boxes in the middle. So I can't really affect them too much. But I'm able to get in some shots and psychic powers on them. And I, I basically, I'm the one who screwed up this match. Uh... <laughs> I, he, he only really shot the horrors on like rounds one and two, and I burned through 100 points of my uh, summoning for that. And then basically he put a lot of his concentration in my other units and basically Magnus. And I should have known on turn four, on turn, I, I told myself I should summon some flamers in because five flamers for 100 points were just barbecued as noise marines. And even with the, they get the return fire, but it would have kept Magnus alive. And then turn five, but then I forgot to summon in the, the uh, flamers. And turn five, I forgot them. And turn six, it's like, uh, I still had a chance of winning at the very last turn. He always wondered, <laughs> he goes, well, it's pretty much over. Because he, he only had two characters left in the middle of in this magic box. He had his warlord with like uh, three wounds, and he had this other character with like one wound. And he goes, well, the game's over. I go, ah, no, the game's not over. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> he goes, no, what are you doing? What are you, what's your plans? I go, you'll see. <laughs> so I move one. I ran one Terminator Lord forward. And so he thought he, I couldn't reach him. So I ran him. So I warp-timed him and ran him again. So now I'm in this building face-to-face -face with him. 
Now, if I smite his warlord and get three three uh, three wounds in, I can kill his warlord, and then I can do what's that infernal gaze on the other guy and try to do uh, one wound. So I can get I can kill more warlord, and then I think I had old school, so I would have got also warlord and um, that last blood and a bunch of other things. So I basically run him forward. It's like okay, let's do this. <laughs> so. I hit him with the smite, and I did two wounds to him, so it's great. So he's got his warlord, and so the guy with one wound, like, okay, not much I can do at this point. So then I hit his uh, warlord with the feral gaze, I roll three dice, nothing above a four. His warlord lives, like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so that was it. So, yeah, if I if I would have summoned in flamers, I would he had a lot of noise marines. I got have wiped out a noise, a ten-man noise, or nine-man noise marine squad. And kept Magnus alive, and then that was basically game. So I kind of yeah. screwed, I kind of screwed that one up, being tired and just not focused, not not having the uh, properly focused. I so wish I would have known he was somebody. If he was somebody, I would have played it. I would have played it serious. Oh yeah. Uh, so you finished three and three. Finished three and three. But you still walk home with the prize. I did. You? You? No, I'm not. <laughs> Shit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won Best Siege. Oh! For yeah. the whole ITC. Yeah, that's... Here's another thing, is too. It's like, when I was at LVO, I knew I was kind of win Best Siege. I had this huge lead on everybody, so it didn't really matter that much. So I really... There's a lot of things I would have changed in my list. Like, I should have... Because I'm, I'm holding to the Siege title, it really cripples my army and my list. You really need nurglings these days. You need to keep things at bay. You need to kind of control the board with deployment. And nurglings are a great way to do it. And plus they're easy command points, easy way to get some points. And I wish I kind of stayed away from Zinch and done a, did a few other things than just going for pure Zinch. And that was kind of... I handicapped myself and crippled myself. But yeah, I won best Zinch, okay. so that was, that was good. I got a trophy. Yeah, hell yeah. That's a fucking cool, man. I like how it was a piece of paper. Shit. <laughs> you got actually a glass trophy. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about my games. Um, so I had, uh, at the end of the day, I got into the top eight. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. I mean, you're, supposed, you're supposed to tease that. So they keep keep uh, keep hanging on. So you uh, gee, I wonder how Jeff finished. After listening to you for the last 20 <laughs> minutes, I got to give him something. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I got into the top eight, um, and I'll kind of go into that a little bit more detail after I go through. The, I'm, I played eight games. So uh, I'm not going to spend time talking about all the games. I'll go over my matchups, um, but I'm not going to go into detail on all the games. I have three games that I want to kind of dive into a little bit deeper because I think there's some teachable moments in there for the audience. Um, but I had, I think my takeaway from LBO is I played eight super cool opponents like every one of my games was really chill very relaxed there was no contentious even in i had to play the shadow round round seven and it you know it was fucking 9 p.m when we started our game and we finished it like 11 and it was a really tense game like just because there's a lot of riding on it. But it was super cool. Like, everyone I played was extremely cool. So I want to just kind of get that out of the way. It was a very um, relaxed experience. Um, so my first game was against uh, this guy, Brandon Blum, from Alaska. And he was playing Chaos Chaos Nice with some Plague Burst Crawlers. And, you know, that's like, that's a dream for me. I'm like, <laughs> oh, sweet. And, you know, he played a good game, but my orc list is like, 
good at killing knights. Like, my shock attack guns and my tank buses are just good at it. They'll kill it. They might take six turns to kill all the knights, which it did. <laughs> uh, but it was, not a, it was not a hard game. I held more every turn. I killed more. I think four out of the six turns I killed more. Because um, I have, you know, 200 bodies, and he... I hit all my Gretchen behind uh, in, in, like, magic boxes and stuff, so he really wasn't getting kills on the first couple turns. Um, second game I played, and so I won that game. I actually, in the last round, I walked off all the objectives and, and didn't kill anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't need it. I'm just not going to get a kill because um, I want to tank my points. You know, I want to, like, go down. I was already in, well, and I, there's no way I could lose, so I decided I wanted to get less points. So I wouldn't be playing up in the big kid, the big kid pond. It ended up apparently t- working out for me in, in, in my favor. <laughs> well, what's funny was I got accused of the same thing, but uh, my army struggles against secondaries, and I'm a kill denial list, and I'm not like killing all kinds of things. Everybody goes, "Oh, look at your score! Look at your your tank! It's so bad." I'm taking. I'm doing everything I can to win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every point was like <laughs> pulling in. So I, I, so my second round, I get to play uh, John Hickson from London, uh, UK. Uh, better known as Ace Face Online. He <clears throat> does a bunch of like YouTube videos, and I think he might be on a podcast. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but he's a really cool dude, and I've actually met him before at LVO. Like I think the first time I met him was like four years ago. And every LVO I get to see him, which was one of the cool things about LVO. You get to see people from around the world who you meet at the LVO, and you only see him at the LVO, but it's <laughs> kind of neat to, to just say what's up. Uh, he was playing a Tyranid Carnifix spam list, and he walked up to the table, looked at 200 orcs, and said, I don't have enough shots to kill those guys. And I said, no, you don't. So we had a fun game. It was kind of, uh, I was uh, engaged in melee with Carnifixes on turn one, and uh, it was kind of uh, over after that. So he had shooty Carnifixes? Yeah, he had like, you know, the venom ca- heavy Venom cannons and oh. some like, uh, yeah, they were shooty. So I just was like, okay, I just wrapped you, and I, I spent the whole game just like punching at Carnifixes with like three orcs. He can't hack his way through that many orcs. Yeah, it was just like, so I mean, his list was designed for Marines, and uh, didn't like the uh, 200 orcs that I threw at him, which was actually a, a theme that I kind of realized throughout the, the whole tournament. When my my all my opponents were like, "Well, we were geared up to kill marines and elite armies, and we don't have enough bullets to kill all your orcs." I know. That's why we're saying is like everybody's so geared up to kill marines, and you're kind of like the counter medalist. Yeah. So uh, I wonder how we did overall in the tournament. You don't know, did you? I, I didn't look it up. Um, hmm. No, so I don't know. I played, uh, my round three, I played a gentleman named Sean Roy from Florida. He's also on Brohammer. So we both played a Brohammer guy um, <laughs> on round three. With the, his list was kind of not the bro, Broviathan list or whatever it's called. Um, but he, he had, <laughs> you know, it? Yeah, it's a great name. Uh, he had uh, some Eliminators. And he, so this is my thing. I, I had a good run because I didn't play anyone with Eliminators except for this match. And that was my whole big fear going into LB. I'm gonna play someone with nine eliminators, Raven Guard eliminators. They're gonna they're gonna eat my shit up. And I didn't. This was the only guy I played with eliminators, and he was very conservative. With him. He put him back like essentially on his back line. So my shock attack guns were just sitting out in the open, just plinking away. <laughs> he had three flyers, um, three of those Invictor suits, and he on turn one he, he killed all my orcs by like turn two. Like all on turn two, all of my orcs were dead. On my turn one, I killed one plane, which was really unfortunate. I should kill two. And then I like I came down with my tank buses, killed the third plane, and then like I was kind of playing cat and mouse, and I was gonna to jump my tank buses to go kill two other vehicles, and he denied it with that uh, Iron Hand strat because of course they have a they have they a strat. Do everything. Like, yeah, they, I totally <laughs> forgot. I'm like, oh god damn it! So my tank buses get caught with their dick in the wind. They get killed by the, the rest <laughs> of his army, and I'm kind of sitting there, and I beat him by like only a few points because it was just like 
I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? I'm just getting shot to shit. And luckily, my shock attack guns kind of came through and picked up the the win for me. Yeah, you lost all your rook boys, but uh, all you need is a shock attack gun and hot dice. And yeah, and I, rolled some, I literally rolled some hot dice. Like he had a he had a, a, a limit. Uh, what's the tank? The uh, executioner with the iron zone on it. And I rolled a strength eleven. And like 10 shots, and I still didn't kill it, which was like, oh my god. But the next turn, I got to pick it up, which was nice. So, um, My fourth game is one I want to uh, talk about. I played a guy named George Bobkoff. Uh, he's a German, but I guess he lives in uh, Texas. I want to say Austin or maybe Houston. Um, and he was playing a Slanesh Possessed Bomb. Like, not Alpha Legion. He was just going, fuck it. You can target my Possessed. They're just going to run at you really fast. And they're Night Lord, so if he touches you... He gets to, uh, you can't leave combat. And this is the only game of all eight games where I got to go first. And thank God. Because I, <laughs> I threw 25 orcs at him, ended up killing like six or eight possessed in my first turn. And then they those orcs just got picked up by the possessed on his swing back. He charges in with his possessed on turn his turn one and picks up like 60 orcs. Except he leaves two alive in another squad and I'm like woo thank god (laughs) but I green tie them and I put him in his backfield where he had left us like an opening and I pressure his priority objective because it's the one where you have a a priority objective or you know this is the one where you place each of you place two objectives and if you hold the two that you put down you get a bonus point so I put some pressure on that he had to kind of send some characters back and some uh, like the contorted epitome and a sorcerer and a couple other characters to come kind of chew through those orcs um, that came back and uh I think I won this game literally because um, he forgot to charge his Demon Prince into my Warlord Shock Attack Gun. So on turn two or three, he kills a bunch of shit and he fall. He, his Demon Prince with wings jumps up onto this ruin where my Shock Attack Gun is sitting. And he kind of puts him behind like one inch away from my shot. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose my Shock Attack Gun. That's not good. Um, and he goes to his charge phase. Cast a bunch of spells. Cast spells with that guy, I think, too. Um, and then he does some shooting with his obliterators. Goes to his charge phase. Charges a bunch of shit. Forgets to charge his um, demon prince. And, of course, we're both undefeated in round four. And I'm like, I ain't saying shit. <laughs> and, you know, which isn't the best feeling in the world. But I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. Like, I've, I have forgotten things all the time. And I did actually explicitly say in the beginning of the game... And this is true of all my opponents. I said, look, I want to have a super fun game, but let's not do any take backs. Let's just, let's play a tight game. Um, you know, if you tell me what your intent is, I'm happy to honor your intent. Um, but just tell me what it is. Verbalize it. So the teachable moment. So he, anyways, he forgets to ch- charge his shit. He gets through his whole fight phase and goes like, fuck, can I charge my guy? I'm like, no. And he's like, that's okay. Totally fair. <laughs> Karma's a, a bitch too. Because in my in next turn, I forget to fall back with my guy and like <laughs> to shoot his guy. And I go to shoot his his, uh, cause I had a guy on one side of the wall on an L, uh, and he had his demon prince on the outside. And so I didn't see, remember I was engaged with him in combat and I go to shoot him and he's like with a shock attack gun. And he's like, no, you can't shoot me because I am, uh, engaged with your mat with, with, with Doc Grotznik. And I'm like, oh fuck. Okay. Well, so be it. Um, but the, you know, the teachable moment here is like, if he had just said like, um, I, when he moved in there, I'm going to charge him in my charge phase. Don't let me forget. I, and then he, I would have been like, hey, you said you were going to charge them. Go ahead and do the charge. No problem. And I, I actually did this a lot in the tournament. I would put my tank busters down you know, on the table and say, I'm going to put these down on turn two. Don't let me forget. 
Okay, that's my intent. I'd look at my opponent on turn round one. I'd say I'm going to put these down on turn two. And I'd leave the box on the board with with them in the box and said if if, you, if it's distracting you, I'll put them off the board. But I'm putting here because I'm going to bring them down on turn two. Don't let me forget. Stating my intent, and it actually happened to me in my last game. I forgot. I went on a shooting, and I'm like, oh shit! Remember I said I was going to put these guys down here. The box is right there. Where round where they're going to be. And Sean Day was like, sure, yeah, no problem. So let me put them down. Was was totally gentleman about it. Um, so that's the kind of thing that. Just get in the habit of that, you know. Um, that game came down to the wire. Uh, George needed to make a warp time at the end of the game on like turn five to like move his unit of warp talents to like kill a couple of Gretchen I had sitting on an objective, and it would have got him like a bonus point and shit, and probably swung swung the game. Um, and he fucking rolled a four, and I was like, "Whoo!" <laughs> My butt was puckered like a motherfucker. I was like, "This is this is this could be a really bad situation because." <laughs> The game was like on a razor's edge at that point, and he failed, and then I was able to pick up the win there by a few points. Yeah, um, it's interesting he's playing uh, Night Lords, because the last week I've been trying to figure out a way to make Night Lords work, and I just can't do it. Just They suck so bad. Can, they, well, the Alpha Legion gets minus one to hit at over 12 inches, and that, uh, what's that? Conceal. Conceal, that, yeah. yeah that's... He, he's leveraging, like, to me, I, I've been talking to him actually offline, um... And he's, I said, look, what happens if you run into a Thunderfire cannon? They just tremor shell you're possessed, you know? Like, and then you're just kind of, you're, you're walking across the table, you know, hoping that you can attack something or charge something, but it's not likely. Um, so I, I looked at his matchups. I don't think he played anyone with uh, Thunderfire, uh, Thunderfire cannons. cannons. And I, I, to me, that seems like the biggest issue. Like, other than that, though, it's a, the list was really good. Um, so then game five, I played an Iron Hands vehicle list, which uh, this guy, Ryan from Oregon, Iron Hands um, number two. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, Iron Hands number two. He had the, the fucking Tech Marine stratagem. You can get plus one to hit for all vehicles in six inches of a Tech Marine. It's really? insane. So uh, he had like three Invictor War Suits, three Flyers, uh, a, the Dr Unkillable Dreadnought. He had um, a couple other vehicles, like a two Stalkers and a Whirlwind or some shit. And so he just had everything was in on twos, rerolling ones. Didn't give a shit about moving. And I was just like, okay. So on turn two, he had he got top of turn. Turn one, he kills half my boys. My turn one, I shoot my shock attack guns into his flyers, kill one. And, I'm, and I had to double shoot my warlord to do it. I was like, okay, that was really bad. That's not good. So on turn two, he picks up the rest of my boys. And on my turn two, I drop my tank buses down back in my L, and we're playing on the top 100 table. So I have this L, and I ran three Gretchens into the L and sat right on the in, in the L so that they were protecting all my characters, my shock attack guns. From being shot, and he actually, I take it back. He didn't have any uh, a whirlwind. He didn't no indirect fire, so which was kind of wild. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I had three Gretchens that essentially for the rest of the game protected all my characters. My shock attack guns just shot and you know shot his stuff off his uh, objective. So we held the same, and I killed more because he couldn't get a kill. He didn't get a kill on turn like three, four, five, and six because um, he didn't have any way to interact with me, and his vehicles were way too far away from his L to get back in time. So he would like, he started running them back and I'd just pick off the one that was closest on my turn and then I'd say, okay, your turn. And then on turn six, I was able to jump my tank buses out from behind the building and pick up another kill and a last strike and get a line breaker as well. So I ended up picking that game up from him. Um, but I felt dirty because I just had three Gretchen alive in a building protecting all my character shooting. And then I kind of, that was kind of a Zen moment for me. I kind of was like, oh, I should do that again. <laughs> so, of course, game six, I get to play uh, Stephen Four, uh, Juice, the Juice, the big Juice, baby, uh, from Team Battle Brothers. Super cool dude. Um, rad opponent. 
And he was playing the Broviathan list, kind of a variant. It had like a bunch of intercessors, the unkillable Leviathan Dreadnought. He had um, three Chaplain Dreadnoughts. He had a drop pod with Gravenant, and he didn't have any Eliminators, which was the um, the variant from the Brohammer list. The one thing you're scared of. Yeah, I was like, whew, thank God. And he had no Thunderfire Cannon, so I was like, okay. So, and I, you know, on turn one, he, he went first. I said, he's, and I said, he said, do you want to seize? I'm like, not at all. Go ahead. Go nuts. <laughs> and so in this one, there was three objectives in the middle, and we had, each had our L on our own objective. So we each had one objective, and there was three right in no man's land. So on turn one, he kind of pokes his head out tenderly, and he had a Redemptor Dreadnought, too, which he told me after the game was just for this matchup. He put it in for hordes, but he started it on the back his back line, and he was like, I don't want it. He said, he said, he looked at me and said, this is going to be a six-turn game, and I don't need it right now, and I want you to blow it up so you know early. And I'm like, okay, sure. And I didn't shoot at the whole game. Or maybe I did at like turn six or something like that, but he came out. Didn't he got he got a, he killed one Gretchen unit which I had to screen out his uh, grab which was a mistake I should have just let his grab come down and pop shots into my orc boys, um, but he didn't get a he got a kill and then on my turn I killed some scouts and said go I didn't move out of my ball I had the the L in my deployment plan was on right on my edge I had two hundred orcs in there I said go go ahead I killed five scouts kill the same <laughs> we hold this and I had um I had to jump the unit of my Gretchen behind a wall onto one of the objectives so I held one I'm like go ahead you're up he was very confused he looked at me like. You're, you're not, like, advancing and charging me? And I'm like, no, it's all right. So then his turn two, he brings his Leviathan up, shoots into my, uh, to 30 boys, kills about, like, 20 of them or something like that, maybe 18, and doesn't get a kill. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and then he has five intercessors sitting on one of the objectives, and that's it. So he's on two objectives. I'm on two objectives. So I shoot his intercessors off the objectives, the one objective in the melee is on. So he's now holding one. I'm holding two. And I got a kill, and he didn't get a kill. So I'm killing more. And I'm like, okay. And then I just say, go. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and then the, the 12 orcs that were left, I hid them behind line of sight and moved 30 more out to be, like, in my force field, you know, threatening the mid-board but not actually moving out of my deployment zone. And that we did that dance for six turns. I brought my uh, – I had my tank buses on the board from turn one, and I, they literally sat at the very back of my deployment edge for six turns. And on turn six, I had to jump them out. And killed a chaplain dreadnought and got last strike and line breaker, and I just sat in my building and shot him with shock attack guns the whole game. Um, it was a uh, it worked out really well. So so yeah, you learned that from your previous game. You know, you just yeah. hide behind line of sight blocking terrain, and you'll have these characters that can pick up and have a huge range. What's the range on the Six, shock attack? Sixty inches on shock attack gun, and it really was. It wasn't even that. It was like I had I had I just denied him kills because I had. 120 orc boys who had a five up invulnerable save and a six up field no pain and he's he only has like you know 30 shots like the, the leviathan gets 30 shots or 20 shots and then the redemptor got another like you know 18 because it was way in the back so it was slogging up to get there and it didn't get in it didn't even get to shoot until turn four or something like that so yeah i learned that tactic like i said just a little bit late because i was the same way you know just hide behind that train just have a durable infantry unit just hold hold the same or more and just you know try to pick off a unit or two and try to keep them from killing a unit or two. And it's a pretty good strategy if you can do it. Yeah. So that was a, that was a teachable moment. Um, and that's, I kind of had my Zen moment there. I was, <laughs> um, I'm super excited. I get to see, uh, juice at BAO this year. He said he was going to be gone, which was kind of neat. Um, uh, one thing I will know is I don't, I don't want to, I didn't, I almost overcommitted on turn two on my turn two. I was like, I was measuring out like nine inches away because I was like, he had engineers. I'm like, maybe I can throw my tank busters over there, kill his engineers, 
and then deny him some secondary points. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I was measuring out. And then I said to myself, no, what? No, <laughs> don't do it. And he was like, he told me after the game, he's like, I was licking my lips. I was like, oh, I hope he brings his boys over here because I need to get a kill. You know? So um, I think it might have cost me the game if I had done that. So uh, round seven, I got to play the shadow round because I didn't, um, I was undefeated, but I didn't, I wasn't like the top three, which was kind of another drag because on day one, I ended up playing until 11.30 because round three started at like fucking eight or whatever. Um, and so this is the second night I'm playing like until 11.30, which is a drag. Yeah, a funny note to that is they gave you the option of either playing your last game at eight o'clock at night, going to midnight, or playing the next morning at 7 a.m. For, for day one. For day one, yeah. yes. So we had a buddy, Dom, who's like 2-0, <laughs> and, yeah. and he chose to... Uh, to uh, play at 7 a.m., yeah. So he had the potential of playing the the, uh, the round three in the morning and then the, the regular three games from uh, day two. And then if he if he was undefeated, he would have played the shadow round, so he would have played five, five games, games. Oh in one God. day. It's like, oh, my Four gosh. games was, was, was a drag. <laughs> but I played this guy with Imperial Fist artillery spam. So I got I got lucky with my Iron Hand matchups with no Thunder Fire Cannons. This guy had six of them. <laughs> he had three Thunderfire Cannons, three of the Quad Mortars, a Scorpius, a, a Whirlwind, um, two Impulsors. So which are Manichima Lightless. Yeah, kind of Manichima Light. He had two Impulsors, which are actually bad for me because I would have preferred Manichima because I could just to jump in and just charge tie everything, and, and tie everything up. up. But he had these Impulsors, and if you charge them, they're minus two to minus charge. Two, yeah. So you're like, okay, if I can roll an 11, I guess. You know? <laughs> like, um, so, and I, I'm like, for sure this guy's going to, to pound me to dust like i'm just i'm like i'm gonna lose i'm not going to fucking top eight this guy has a million shots he's gonna get me i do get to go first so actually i lied this was a, i did choose to go first because he i could see his scorpius with if i i did end up to jumping my shock attack onto like the corner of a like the edge of the build, the board just so he could see the scorpius and he shoots kills a scorpius so on turn one, I got a kill, and I moved my whole horde of orcs, my whole my horde of orcs into the midfield. And this was the uh, we ended up playing the three objective mission. So you place one, I place one, and then there's one in the middle. So my hope was, I hold more, he kills more every turn, and then I maybe squeak out a win like that. So I kill a Scorpius, which is good. I want to kill some of the two damage in direct fire because it really makes my feel no pain on six up not as useful. So his turn one, he shoots everything into 30 boys, trying to kill 30 boys. And I rolled out like a god. I made so <laughs> many five up and vulnerable saves. It was insane. Like everyone's in the force field and I was just making five up and vulnerable saves. He leaves four orcs alive in that unit after shooting his entire army into it. He just looks at me and goes like, well, fuck. <laughs> he said, that didn't go according to plan. I'm like, yeah, it didn't for me either. <laughs> I thought they were gonna kill. So of course I green tied them and then to jump them back into the center of the board, and I just kind of hung out in the center of the board. My shock attack guns would pick up a kill. And then he would, he ended up then turned his attention to my Gretchen for the rest of the game. <laughs> um, and my tank buses came in, were able to kill a couple of artillery pieces. But I had gotten that kind of initial momentum swing in the beginning of points. And he took Headhunter, um, but he wasn't able to get through my horde. Like, you know, I had 120 boys and I recycled them. So that was like 150 bodies with a five-up and vulnerable save and a six-up field no pain. And I was able to pick off a couple of um, his artillery pieces with my tank buses. And I was picking up kills with his intercessors and stuff like that. So he actually, you know, we ended up pushing on kills a few turns, but I held more every turn. Um, and then it, I, I had that initial momentum swing, so I got, I got the game there. 
Um, super cool game. I did not think I was going to win that one, but it just kind of luck swung my way, and I just kind of was... Then I realized, I was like, okay, well, because of that, I'm, I'm not going to get shot off the board as easily as I thought I was going to get shot off the board, <laughs> and I was able to kind of pull through. <clears throat> so then I go into the top eight, which is fucking really cool. Um, I have made, I made top eight two years ago, and... I didn't think it was a fluke, but, you know, everyone else was like, oh, you're that random dude who made it in the top eight. But now, I'm that random dude who made it in the top eight twice. twice. <laughs> so I'm either really lucky or I have some skill at the game. I'll let you guys decide. Um, but, of course, I get fucking paired against Sean Nain, the one fucking dude I don't want to play. Like, I would love to have played the bro the Broviathan list. Yeah, because you get played... our iron hand strategy down. Yeah, I was like, I just played two games against that list. Oh, no, I just played uh, Juice in round six, and it was like, the game with Juice was, it wasn't an easy game, but I felt like I was in the driver's seat the whole game. Because I was like, I'm not coming out, you're not getting kills, and I can just pick off your shit, you know, and get one kill and hold more than you. And I thought, like, against any other list in the top eight, I could have kept that strategy up. But I could, of course I play Sean Nate and he has a million jet bikes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I get into this game. Yeah, you can Sean, see over you. Yeah, well, Sean is, was also a cool dude, super awesome guy. He's on Team Battle Brothers as well. Yeah, you're trying to work your way through the Bet Team Battle Brothers podcast. I know, right? <laughs> um, you know, not, not to, to back it up, I don't know if I would have won had I played Richard Siegler, John Lennon, or any of those dudes. They're fucking great players. But I felt I felt like I, I I knew the matchup, and I would much rather have played that rather than Sean Naden. But it is what it is. Um, so I realized kind of my big teachable moment. Well, let me kind of go over the game first. First, he has like a bunch of Eldar jet bikes, and... We're playing the uh, the Shadow character Spears and Skyweavers. Yeah, and so he we're playing the the character objective one, which is not good because I know he's going to take the middle. He's going to have characters sitting on objectives the whole game, and he's, he's going to blitzkrieg like, he's got, me. That's a great mission for him because he got death jesters and all these other. Yeah, things. he's got all these hard looking <laughs> characters and psychers. So, and he's going to be pushing me into my corner for two or three turns, and you know I'm not going to be able to leave my corner. So he's going to get a bunch of he's going to get a very early lead. So I took a bunch of in game objective. I took ground control engineers. And um, I, I don't remember what my last one was. But uh, I didn't take gangbusters because I, I, I felt like if I took gangbusters, he might uh, keep a Skyweavers sky out, of, out of the game. And then I wouldn't get any gangbusters points. And he would have. Um, but in retrospect, I should have taken gangbusters because either A, forced him to keep his Skyweavers out of the combat. Or, of, and then I, that's good for me because then I'm not getting charged by, you know. 16 Skyweavers or whatever it was. Or two, he commits them and I get a bunch of secondaries right away. Yeah. Um, so I, in retrospect, I think that could have been a better choice. I should have done that instead of like engineers or something. But the real problem was I lost because of the clock. We clocked out. We only got two turns in essentially before we both, um, we had like less than five minutes each. And I, I didn't feel bad timing out because he also timed out. It wasn't like he had 45 minutes and I ran out of time. I would have felt like an ass if that was the case. And I had, I had finished every single one of my games up to that point in like with extra time left. Um, yeah, even it, though he's a small elite army, that army operates on every phase of the game. You have to be very precise with movement, has a huge psychic phase, has a big shooting phase, and then has a... Uh, combat phase. Combat phase, so yeah. yeah so he's making me... Labor intensive. Yeah, so he on turn one he rushes me with like both units of Skyweavers and one unit of Shining Spears, and he's on me on turn one. He shoots into my squads, charges another squad... He, I left a gap in literally in like how my shock attack gun is modeled. Like it has this cool ass piping off its back that kind of comes around into you, and I could I can't push a model 
uh, who's on the board underneath it. So I didn't even think about it because I put my I always put my Gretchen down. And I was I literally was like trying to make it so the the solitaire couldn't land anywhere near me. Just a solid barrier around yeah, your bodies. <laughs> and so, but I didn't. I push. You know, I put my guys on the table and I push them up against my models to make sure there's no room. So Sean gets over and he's like, "Oh, I think I can fit in between the tubing here." And he not nonetheless he picks up the solitaire, pops him right in there. I'm like. Well played, dude. Well played. <laughs> Which is like my fault. I should have realized it. Not a big deal. It actually didn't end up mattering because what happened was on turn one, he's on me with, with 18 bikes or whatever it is. And he's shooting me, making me make armor saves, feel no pains. He's charging me. He's making me roll Overwatch. He's making me roll um, uh, uh, combat, pile in. He has the Yinkarn in there. The Yinkarn threatens my casters because he like kills a unit, so then he teleports his Yinkarn next to my casters. So now he's going to have the ability to um, uh, charge my casters on turn two. Uh, this is in my turn one, and in my turn one, I spend I spent time like shooting my shooter boys into the uh, sky weavers and then double shooting them, which I should probably only did like three or four wounds. I should should probably not done that um, in retrospect because I I got clocked out. And, you know, I don't think I would have had an easy game had we had six turns, but, um, and this was on me for not playing faster. I should have, like, I think I, what I should have done is realize immediately that he's going to Blitzkrieg me and I need to, like, make sure my turns are quick. And I didn't realize that until, like, turn two. And I was like, fuck, on turn two, I'm like, oh, my God, we each have, like, 20 minutes left. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, and so we played turn two quick. But, it, you know, it took, an, we were both, like, there was, like, 30 or I don't know, maybe 45 or 50 minutes on the clock at, um, in between both our times at the end of round one. So it was like, it was, a. I should have realized that earlier and like taken extra care to play faster and just not take an overwatch and just moved and just kind of done what I needed to do uh, in like kind of quicker fashion. And then I might've been able to make a game of it um, because I might've got an extra turn or so to kind of equalize. Cause he took an immediate uh, a lead, you know, cause he got a couple bunch of headhunter points he got a bonus. He got hold more because I was pinned into my deployment zone. And I spent the only two turns I got pinned into my deployment zone. So I couldn't really get out um, and affect his characters and kind of get back in the game. So that was kind of my, my last game. I ended up losing that one because of that. Um, I'm not, I make the comment about the time as more of a comment on, on my error, not on the clock itself. You know, I'm not blaming the, the clock or anything like that. It's the clock is something I use every game because I play 200 models, so I need to make sure that my opponent gets a, a fair amount of time. Um, and it just turned out that both of us use a lot of time. And, and it was Sean played it perfectly because I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming he, he identified that we wouldn't get six turns in going into the game. And he charged me immediately, put, put the clock on me aggressively and totally within the rules, made me have the clock on me for every save I made, which was totally fine. And he identified that early and was able to, he knew how the game was going to go. And I didn't, I played in the game. I'm like setting up and I, of course we're playing on the stream. The realm of battle board is a pain in the ass to put models <laughs> down on. So I'm like put, trying to put my models down. It, it, I should have like kind of looking back in retrospect, I should have realized the game would take a long time and just deployed hella fast. And like, I took extra time to make sure there wasn't any room for the solitaire. I should have just been like, boom, everything's on the board. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, it's hard go, to rec recognize that it's going to be an issue because you didn't realize until the end of turn one with just so much time was consumed because you know how fast he is because 
He gets to move the Skyweavers twice with the, I forget the spell, Twilight Pathways. Yeah, Twilight Pathways. And then he also gets to quicken the, um, the Shining Spears. Shining Spears. And then he gets Blitz of Sol- Solitaire. He is on you, turn one, like yeah. a cheap suit. And so you're you're rolling a, cr- both of you, like his, his uh, you know, just a haywire grenade, just take forever to roll because it's a random amount of shots. And then you got to shoot with them and all the re-rolls that you get and both yeah. of you get. And-, and we had to use the Warhammer TV dice, which are fine, but they're like big. And I, I'm used to, I use the small dice, chest exercise, because I roll like, you know, I use a dice app too. We use my dice app, and I but I'm used to the smaller dice so I can roll 20 dice without having to like have two hands to pick up 20 <laughs> dice. And I, I, we had to like... Even though we had um, they, at the stream table, they had a guy kind of there to help out and assist. Um, it was kind of he wasn't helping us get the dice. It was more like I'm picking the dice up, and can you help me put them in my hand? And Sean was a gentleman. He he was helping me put dice in my hand, helping me count out dice. We were both playing as fast as we could, um, and we just yeah, because you, you know, never had a problem finishing games before that, and then you and then you don't realize it's an issue until. Round one was like you're just both almost out of yeah. time at that point. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I mean, in that's my game, really hard to hard to predict. Yeah, in round four, I played uh, George Bobkov, and he on turn one, I was into him, and he was into me, and we like decimated each other. But <laughs> then on like turns four, five, and six, those those turns took four minutes. You know, they're yeah. really quick. Um, and I'm assuming that's what have would have happened if we had more time with Sean, or if I had played faster. You know, I could have like gone through turns one and two a little quicker and then maybe i have a little bit of extra breathing room on the on the end to uh get through turns four five and six and get all my points for ground control and that kind of stuff so anyways it was a fucking great run um i had i hadn't been playing orcs the whole year i wasn't even close on the uh orc track but i i jumped up to third place in orcs and i got best orcs uh for What's the lbo Birds, andrew birdsong oh yeah anthony birdsong yeah. got number one that guy is a beast he went five and one with orcs and i think he went through six marine players which was like <laughs> i mean i let's be honest i think everyone can agree even top players agree your path the people you play is is just as important as your player skill. Like, <laughs> I played people without eliminators, which was my big worry. Thunderfire cannons. Now that I had this like Zen moment, I think Thunderfire cannons are still okay because um, I even if they're tremor shelling me, I don't really care. I'm just gonna sit there and shoot you. Right. But they would be able to pick up kills, you know, off me with the Gretchen and stuff like that. So, you know, I got lucky. I didn't play a lot of artillery until round seven. Um, but it was a great event, and I'm super happy. To so, what position? Did, what place did you finish? Uh, at LVL? Yeah. Eighth place. Eighth, so not I, sixth? Yeah, I was, no, I was the lowest seed, I think. What'd you win? Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nada. That's that's another thing they should look at. If yeah. you, 1% of the field is eight players, and it's like, really? You got 800 people? You got to only reward positions one, two, and three? At least, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, because t- making top eight at LVO is, is a really prestigious thing. And it's and a so, huge accomplishment, especially with a gigantic field yeah, of 800 I mean, there's players, you know, who are some of the best players in the world who didn't make it in the top eight. Right. So, like, to me, it should just be, like, even if it's, like, a little plaque or something or uh, even, a, you know, they give out these fucking pieces of paper for best in faction for the event. They can give out a piece of paper for top eight. You know, stop, pop, stop, uh, spots eight through f- uh, four or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and say, here's, here's a little piece of paper in a frame. You give can, you, like, a swag bag or... 
you know, even to give you like, you know, you paid $120 to get in there, give you like 150 bucks in a Frontline Gaming gift certificate, you know, that only cost them, you know, since they're the retail shop, only cost them, what, about 80 bucks or something like that. So, you know, a little something for the effort for people, for yeah. all the people. I, I mean, know. for me, the prize is like whatever, but like I would have really liked uh, a trophy. trophy or like a sword. Flag. No, even like Battle, a piece of paper that I can hang on my wall. I got my man cave, you know, where yeah. I put my hands. I'm like, I want, I have like, you know, uh, a plaque would have been plaque would have been just, good yeah, a little like a little piece yeah, of paper. Like you can free effort, you know, because yeah. that is a money. You, you that that is a not only do you have to go through what's you have to seven players, seven rounds. <laughs> and it's just like an endurance test too, because game. Yeah. Get day two, you have to go through four games and wake up early. So, you know, a little something for the effort. Well. All right. Do you have anything it. else you'd like to close with? Any, no, any I, observations? Uh, any? Uh, so you're going to play orcs for the next year and you're going to be the top orc player. Okay. No, so, we'll, go, we'll do our gold for next year in our next episode. We'll talk yep. about goal making. Kind I still got to... I still got to figure out what army I'm going to play because I got a game. Mon I got a game either. I either got a tournament on Saturday or, and then a tournament game on a um, league game on Monday, and I still haven't figured out what army I'm going to play. All so. right, Space Marines. <laughs> oh, really? Mm. Yeah, right. Never. <laughs> I never play the best game. Like Thousand Suns, you know, their their uh, their uh, Psychic Awakening came out. They're actually really good now. It's like up oh, time to. I have to turn the page on Thousand Suns. So I play the crappiest armies. Oh, you're going to make raptors work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, we'll talk about that next time. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. And if you guys have any comments, again, focusedfirepodcast at gmail.com. My New Year's resolution, my one of my goals I'll just put out there, I'm going to make a Facebook page for our fucking podcast. <laughs> maybe. We should get a graphic too, maybe. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, said Patreon. We're going to yeah. get rich. Yeah, we're going to get rich. Just, yeah, yeah, bitch. Or your coaching service. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got time for that. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, and we're out.